We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Today we're talking the rule change to of driver length going from 48 inches down to 46 inches and what this means for the future and maybe other rules and ideas around golf and golf on the PGA Tour and how the rules change. Myself and Lou Stagner, looking forward to this one. Lou, we're back to 46 inches, possibly, because it's a funny rule, isn't it? One that lots of people probably have never heard of before. It's a, is it called a model local rule? Um, So basically, for people who don't know, the driver length maximum was, or still is, as point of filming this or recording this podcast, is 48 inches. But there will be a model local rule that comes in that allows people i guess clubs or organizations to adopt which means that players won't be able to compete with a driver that's longer than 46 inches long is that am i reading that correctly Uh, you are and you know i want to lead off by saying nothing gets me more excited than rule changes especially around equipment so it's really the best part of the game and it's what i look forward to so this is going to be a great podcast (laughs) yeah it's going to be fun it's going to be fun so it is the rule is changing possibly is kind of what we could say now we've got a tweet from phil mickelson which we're going to uh, discuss today as well because i think it opens up some other ideas But before we go on with that, I want to ask you a question. I don't know if you know the answer. I know I don't. Why? What's the political or the just the practical decision to make this rule a model local rule? What? Why? What is that? Is that how a rule becomes an official like governed rule that is then just cast iron in stone? Have you got any ideas? I've not heard of a model local rule particularly, but maybe I have because there are. I play in PGA events or used to, and they have different rules to amateurs, for instance. So they have their own set of rules within the rules. Why, why are we having it as a an optional rule, do you think? Because I, I, I can't work out why they would do that. Uh, well, I think it's, um, in, and I am by no means a rule expert, but I think it's probably similar to like a one ball rule where in, in, in competitions, uh, the competition has the option to say you can only use one type of ball in this event. Okay. Um, and, yeah. you know, when I'm playing with my buddies on the weekend, I, I don't have to worry about that. I can, 
I can have any kind of golf ball I want in my bag and play either one as long as I, you know, finish the hole with the ball I started. Um, so I, I think that's the the purpose of this is is tournaments can decide. Um, or I guess a club could decide whether or not they want to implement this rule um, locally for their event or for their players. And I, I think that's why it was made that way. And I saw um, earlier on Golf Channel, um, Thomas Pagel, I'm not going to get his title right. I think he's the director of governance, senior director of governance for the USGA. And he was on the Golf Channel and, and he talked about it. And that's kind of what he said, where, you know, we don't want this to be an all-encompassing rule. We want it to be an option for elite competitions and, and to be applied there. So I, I think that's um, why it was implemented that way. Okay. Yeah, I kind of get that. So it's kind of saying then I could have the club championships and I don't care what length the driver is. So I'm not going to implement that rule is basically what we're kind of saying there, isn't it? And I guess then it allows them to have a different rule for the PGA Tour compared to what we might have at our home club subject to um, the rules they adapt. And I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing because the, we don't play the PGA Tour rules either. They They do have... The, the people at home are playing different rules to the PGA Tour if you went, you know, if you if you delve down deeper into the rules, aren't you? Yeah, I know for and, a fact that us PGA pros, for instance, play different rules to amateurs. Um, you know, when I was playing amateur golf, it was different rules to when I turned pro and then you play pro golf. So there are already separate rules out there. And I guess like you're saying, this is just another one, is it? Yeah, just another one. And I think... Uh to point out that PJ tour doesn't need to follow this. I mean, they, they are not yeah. bound to follow anything that the USGA or RNA does. They can decide to, they can decide to make their own rule and say, you're allowed to use a 75 inch driver. If you want to knock yeah. your socks off, they can implement yeah. it however they want. I mean, I think they, they choose to follow USGA and RNA rule book. And, but I think they have their own, modifications maybe um again i'm not i'm not a rules expert but the pj tour could could tell the usga and rna ah eh, cool i'm glad you spent time and effort to implement that but we're if our players wanted to use a 48 inch driver we're going to continue to let them and and the yeah. usga wouldn't be able have, to do anything about that yeah because they have a shot clock for instance don't they in effect they have on the pj tour there's a shot clock and in effect there isn't kind of a shot clock for you playing your club championship there might be certain guidance on what you're meant to get round in but you haven't got someone timing how long it takes you to each shot where on the pj tour they've got the ability to be able to put people on the clock if they see fit i mean again that's just a different rule isn't it that's sure just, we're not all complaining about that one now should we go on to phil mickelson's tweet then because you mentioned about the pga tour uh choosing to implement this or not have you got it in front of you do you want to read it out for us what, what was uh, phil sure. saying because yeah. this yeah. is a i like phil on twitter he's not afraid to stir the old honey pot is he so what was he saying yeah phil's great um so he tweeted this out yesterday after golf digest um he retweeted a golf digest tweet and the golf digest tweet just said the usga and rna announced a new model local rule that will reduce maximum length from 48 to 46 inches um and phil said uh, in quotes stupid is as stupid does and and he's <laughs> quoting mrs gump there from forrest gump <laughs> And then he, he follows that with really though, are the amateurs trying their best to govern the professional game, the stupid ones or the professionals for letting them? 
Oh, that, that, that's, uh, that's Phil. Phil, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah Phil knows absolutely. how to cut, cut right to it. So um, let's just try and be neutral here, just to put it into perspective. He's kind of not right there, though, as well, because the PGA Players Advisory Council re- recently reviewed the subject, and it was concluded that the PGA Tour will implement the local rule on January the 1st, 2022. So the people that he elected to speak for him on the PGA Tour Advisory Player Council have voted, I presume, and have voted in. So he's kind of not right there either. Is that fair? Uh, I'm, I don't know because he tweeted earlier today, and I'll read this one out. It is ex- it's extremely disappointing to find out that the PGA Tour adopted the new USGA rule through the media. So he's saying it's disappointing to learn this happened through the media. Then he goes on to write, I don't know of any player who had any say or any kind of representation in this matter. I do know many are wondering if there's a better way. So uh, I'm not sure how they decided to implement the rule, but based on what I read from Phil, and I don't know the inner workings of how they adopt things like that for the PGA Tour, but the way I interpreted what Phil said was there, there was no player involvement in deciding to adopt that rule for the PGA Tour. Yeah, which I understand what he's saying. I, I would beg to, I, I would guess, and obviously I don't know, but I would guess that he just hasn't heard more than, or doesn't know the people who are on the PGA Tour Players Advisory Council, because those kind of rule things will, I mean, I know the European Tour has a Players Advisory Council, I'm sure yeah. the PGA Tour is exactly the same, and those players are elected to do those jobs. But I guess quite often, those players who are elected to do that are not the Phil Mickelsons, possibly. So just the fact that he might not know yeah, he that they're can't. doing that is a yeah. little maybe um, ignorant of the system. I don't maybe. know. I, that's just what I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate here, like because I, I love Phil and what he's saying. I kind of understand, but I also know. I'm sure he isn't reading the minutes of every player's advisory council. No, he's, he's, too he's, he's too busy selling coffee. He doesn't have time to read <laughs> yeah, the minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I love Phil too, though. And I appreciate his candidness on, on social media. That's always. And obviously you do go on. Yeah. He's, he, he's a great fresh, follow. He? Awesome follow. Yeah. 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 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I do, uh, and he says, like you said as well, I do know many are wondering if there is a better way, um, which is an interesting uh, comment at the end of that. I understand why people would be wondering that, but having elected player officials to help make those decisions, you could argue is quite a good way of managing something that he's too busy selling coffee to manage, possibly, <laughs> isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. if he has to go to the meetings, then I could be wrong here because he might have been on the council for 20 years and you know, an active member, but I'm just guessing, again, that he isn't really maybe having a beer with them after every meeting, wondering what's going on. But again, I'm just speculating there. So, but it's an interesting, definitely, um, kind of, we could call it an attack. He's not impressed, is he? He doesn't feel like that's obviously, by the sounds of that, he doesn't feel like that's a really clever rule to be implementing, in his opinion. 
would be fair, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's fair. And there's uh, other players that spoke up uh, about this yeah, as well, too. Yeah, who else have you got there? Um, well, so let's see here. We have Justin Thomas, um, and, and I'll be brief. So Justin Thomas, yeah, I don't really agree with it. Um, so he said, I, I don't, he, he doesn't agree with uh, the rule. Um, in terms of, do I think it makes the game of golf and growing the game better? No, I don't at all, but they seem to have their kind of their, their mind around that for a while now. So it seems to be the issue because if there's an amateur golfer or player at home that wants to hit it a little bit farther. So be it. Um, if there's a guy out here that wants to have a chance to put it in play with a 48 inch driver, then power to them. I had that opportunity. I just chose not to. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it is what it is. Uh, Kevin Kisner said, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish other than to keep people from hitting it far. Uh, the game's moving in that direction. I think they're just trying to figure out a way to keep it in some sort of realm. But anything that makes the game harder, I'm against. So if it makes it harder, I don't want to do it. The game's hard enough already. Um, Dustin mm, Johnson, okay. DJ, said, my opinion, I don't think it matters what length someone uses because the longer the driver gets, the harder it is to hit straight. So I think that's a really good point to pause on. There's a few other players. Yeah, that it is, yeah. In. But yeah. That's, I mean, um, what's more shocking there is DJ had an opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, I love DJ. DJ's the best. He's great as well. I'm joking. Yeah, I'm he's, joking. he's the best. Uh, so it, it so is. That leads me, yeah. There's, there's a few of the big names are going out there saying, let's just keep it fun. If people can manage some longer and keep it on the planet, then good luck to them is a gist there. But I'm sure there's plenty who agree that changing that is a good thing. Because, again, we're kind of talking PGA Tour because we know that they're one of the first people or one of the people we know of who are going to adapt this rule. Obviously, if your club or the events you play and choose to, I, I presume the RNA are going to, adapt this for the open and then all the amateur championships and what have you, which will then spread into the amateur game on Europe side, I would presume. Yeah. I think you'll probably only see this for elite events. So, you know, elite national events, um, maybe at the state level, like over in the United States, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think it'll impact too many players. Um, and like some of the players on the PGA tour, you know, piped up with like, they don't understand what the point is. Like very few players are, are even using drivers that long, but for those that occasionally are like Phil, he was using what a 47 and a half inch driver when he won the PGA was championship. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you have the skill and ability to, to hit it on the center of the face and keep the ball in play, then I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Not many guys, I think, would be able to do that. Um, so, and, and you can't argue that wasn't one of the highlights of the last X amount of years. Phil winning the major um, this year still. Was it this year time? Or it seems a bit weird, doesn't it? Was it last year or this year? No, it was this year. Yeah, it was earlier this year. Yeah. Um, so using a longer driver, if he was there, obviously that's, you could argue now we're taking that opportunity away from the future Phil Mickelson, which would arguably be a shame because I think most people would agree that was an amazing moment. For sure. Um, and also as well, what happens is you talk about, it's obviously on the PJ tour and you'll see it in elite vents. You won't just see it in elite vents because there's no point me 
as a young aspiring player training to be great with a 40 inch 48 inch driver if i know that my end goal which is to play elite golf i can't use it so it will spread through the game and then what happens is that you know you might see it more at recreational level but arguably they're the people who should be using it the least because it's it's so hard for them to hit the middle of the bat anyway right um so we can say it's in the elite game but the governing bodies perf know perfectly well me as a 14, 15, 16 year old young aspiring player, why would I perfect hitting a club that I know I'm not going to use in my dream job, which is to play on a golf tour? Um, it'll just make me play my club golf, which governs what tournaments I get into as an amateur in the realms of where I want my golf to go. And if we part those realms, we've said this before, because it's the rolling the ball back for certain groups of people. I often think the amateur game doesn't really look deep enough, as in when I was competing at amateur level, at a decent level, international to club and then friendly with mates, the game I was playing was the same. I was trying to perfect my skill for my end goal, which is wanting to be a player in those days. Um, I wouldn't perfect with an elite. Like I wouldn't use the pings that became illegal. What, what was the point? I wouldn't have been able to use them in an event. I needed to be in events to get my handicap to a certain level to qualify me to get in English amateurs and British amateurs and what have you. And getting in those events and competing then leads me on to thinking I might be a tour pro. So it starts, it, it would start as a young adult for golfers, knowing that the end game is that you can't use that club. It'll just ripple down through. It just might stop. But what it might do is it might just create a bit of a parting gap um which i don't think this would do because lots of the people it would part wouldn't be using 48 inch drives anyway um what is the purpose so what are they protecting what's the purpose of the rule in your opinion um what are they trying to protect with this rule uh i in my opinion it's it's trying to limit distance in my opinion it's um potential and, and I, distance <clears throat> yeah and and potential distance so that's important to say and i wonder um, if, you know, Bryson brought so much attention to this, um, yeah. earlier this year, uh, late last year, earlier this year, he brought it was so a frenzy much attention around the masters, wasn't yeah. it? It was like frenzy, a frenzy like, about like, the club and wrecking right. the course that we all right. love. It was like, think of the children kind of yeah, stuff. Wasn't exactly. It? So I wonder how much of an impact Bryson had on, this decision coming, you know, coming totally. to fruition. Uh, did he, did people, you know, Bryson can be a pretty polarizing person and, and yeah. uh, did, did the powers that be not like what they were hearing or seeing from Bryson. And did they just get very fearful that everyone was going to do that? And before you know it, every drive on tour was going to go 400 yards. Maybe, you know, the thing that I think the worst part about this whole thing is um, it, potentially puts uh let's say you know years from now or next year or tomorrow there is a seven foot two golfer with pga tour skills uh, and, yeah. and now they're going to be in a situation where you know they're capped on how far that driver you know the, the length of that driver and 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 still maybe 48 inches is still too short for them if they're seven foot two but it's it's less short than 46 so yeah. if you are a very tall player, um, I, I'm not a club fitter uh, by any stretch. So I don't know exactly what the impact would seven be. Foot, a seven foot tall golfer would be wanting longer drivers. I, I've, I fit loads of taller people like six, four, six, five, six, sixes. 
and you put a regular limp driver in their hands and it just looks like a toothpick like it looks <laughs> tiny yeah and then the lie is all crazy as well because they're not getting a toe up how the club is designed to be hit it starts leveling up um and you could easily put longer clubs in their hands and it, they would yield them fine and use their advantage because there's a flip side to what you're saying there as well which is one of my later points but i bring it in now because you're saying about the taller person surely it hampers the shorter person as well so let's say i'm Let's just pretend for the point of the podcast. Let's pretend I'm a shorter hitter, Luke. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a that's a huge stretch. We I can't even fathom that. So what I choose to do to try and compete, because hitting it longer for me allows me to compete with people who are equal and better ability than me, but hitting it further through um, just genetics, which I am not as blessed as the six foot six player. So I perfect hitting the 48-inch driver. So I actually then start competing with the player who's six foot three, but now it's actually take, it's just going to take that skill I've learned away from me. So I think it works on every end of the spectrum, basically the seven foot player, like you're saying, and everyone always says, yeah, but how many seven foot player golfers are there? Well, how many people are they using 48 inches? Like at the moment, hardly any, it's the potential distance, which I think is what they're, I presume would be trying to protect and I haven't got a better word for that, but it, it does seem what they want to protect, but the shorter goal for perfecting the longer driver. I mean, that, I think that's a fair point, isn't it? It's going to hamper them. They're now going to go back to the 46 inches because that's the, the most they're allowed. And now the six foot four golfer to my five foot seven, not that I am five foot seven, let's pretend I am. Um, you've just ripped that advantage or that skill away from me. And that seems a bit of a shame but then people will say but there's no one doing that well that's not the point that's that's the, that it's that ability to have that skill if you want to go that route which was well i've written here this rule breaks tradition uh -oh. so actually if you think about it this rule breaks tradition this is an untraditional rule this is ruining the traditional ideas of our game because how long has 48 inches of the longest length of a driver been a rule i don't know i've not looked it up but let's say it's been there for at least 10 years i reckon it's been there for longer i guess we're now bringing in a rule that breaks tra tradition hang on i didn't think we were allowed to break tradition in this rule why 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 it's like cake and eat it stuff isn't it uh yeah i guess i never thought of it that way but um I, I see where you're coming from um and i want to go back to what you said about the shorter player using yeah. a longer driver so i think that's a really interesting comment where you may be a shorter player and you maybe don't have the physical ability to generate as much club head speed as somebody six foot four but you can make an attempt to, to try to level that playing field as much as you can by using a longer driver. And if you have the ability to pull that off, uh, I think that's great because the longer the club gets, the more challenging it is to hit the center of the face. And I find it interesting. There's been people in the past where they've, you know, they, they feel like the driver is, is far too easy to, to hit. And then we need to bring skill back to the driver. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, it requires more skill to yield a 48 inch driver. And those are, you know, I'll just single out one person I had a conversation with around this topic. Like he was, was just so focused on the driver's too easy to hit. We need to make it, you know, more skillful. 
you need more skill to hit the driver than we currently have. And then we were talking about the, the driver shaft length being reduced to 46 inches. And he's like, yeah, that's absolutely how it should be. I'm like, but it requires more skill to hit a 48 inch driver. So why are you against somebody going down a road that requires a lot more skill to do effectively. Um, and, you know, we kind of went round in circles, um, but it's, uh, uh, I don't think it's going to really impact almost anyone on the PGA tour. Certainly no, it impacted Phil. I know he used a 47 and a half inch driver at the PGA championship. Uh, I don't know if he had it in play for other events, but it, it will impact a couple of players on the tour. And maybe that's one reason why Phil has been so vocal over it is because he's impacted. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do, yeah, the skill argument that you're saying there makes a lot of sense. Like it does. It, yeah, People want to introduce more skill and the driver goes too straight and the ball doesn't spin. So it doesn't, it goes too straight, which I've got data on that, which doesn't back that idea up very much, but we'll do, maybe that's a separate podcast. My driver um, does not go too straight. I can promise yeah, you that. Most people's drivers <laughs> don't go too straight. But like you say, you are just removing a layer of skill that someone could perfect there and also as well you're taking away and again not that this person particularly exists so this is all hypothetical but that's the beauty of rules it allows possibly the, the rules should be more as as in as embracing of every situation rather than just like you know making certain groups not be able to compete i always think so you know people don't want a one dynamic game well, you're now allowing the shorter person who's not been given the genetics to promote and practice a skill that is really tough and then compete. So possibly you might get a slightly more diverse game because there's going to be limits on how long they can have their wedges and nine irons and why have you subject to all the different skills you've got to play with those clubs um, because of lie issues when the ball's on the ground. Or obviously a driver, it can get longer because the lie is kind of irrelevant in relationship to it in, in, um, impacting the turf. If you're five foot seven, you can't go and have a, well, you can have a 40 inch nine iron or a 48 inch nine iron or whatever it is, but it would be a pretty mental club to do many things with. Um, it, it does possibly point then more towards a one-dimensional game in some ways. But I mean, again, it well, you know, the other thing too that I want to say that this impacts is the entertainment value of golf. So totally. the PGA PGA Tour, uh, European PGA, the, they're a product. They're selling a product, and they need people to buy that product through watching on television, through attending events, uh, through supporting them in many other different ways. And then there's also the gambling aspect. And so think of some of the biggest moments from golf this year. Um, and I'm just going to throw a few out there. Um, some of the biggest moments from golf this year, a lot of them revolved around Bryson, Bryson at Bay Hill, when he drove it over the water, like the world yeah. went bananas over yeah. Bryson hitting that tee shot. The, the tee shot that Bryson hit on the par five in the Ryder cup. Was it the fifth hole? I think it was the fifth hole uh, where yeah, he hit 400, five, yeah. yeah, 417 yards and had 73 yards in. 
people were still talking about that. Um, Bryson's long drive appearance. Yeah, well. think about yeah, think about um, you know Bryson driving number one, flying it onto number one at the Ryder Cup. That was a huge moment. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of huge moments around you know somebody hitting the ball a long way. Uh, you know, we're not talking about um, I'm not, and I don't want to pick on anyone here, but. I'll just use a name, but we're not, you know, there's not a lot of attention on Zach Blair hitting a 275 yard drive on the left side of the fairway. And I'm not picking on him. He's a phenomenal player. No, um, but you're but right. He, it's, yeah. People, people, yeah, totally. it's a product and people want to see things like that. Um, and I think that's without question, the majority of golf fans out there. And if we're really trying to grow the game, you know, we're going to, we're going to have that be part of the game and, and not try to remove that from the game. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with that as, as there's some bits I don't, but I mean, the thing I mostly agree with and in that idea of the golfer, you mentioned in it 290, you often get comments of people saying, you know, I want more free shot par fives. They want to watch free shot par fives. There should be free shots. And I always think, I mean, I'm going and putting the kettle on, as soon as anyone's on the first two shots of a par five, I'm just not watching. Like I want to, you want me to watch someone hit a drive pretty half-heartedly because they know they can't reach. So just kind of tap it up there. Then you want me to watch them hit like a medium fairway wood into a fairway to semi-rough. And then I'll watch them try and hit the green. I, I, I certainly don't want to watch that. I, it would bore me senseless. And what you would find is it wouldn't get shown. It would be so boring. What they actually want wouldn't get shown. The, the, camp, the TV uh, companies wouldn't show it. TV companies are purely about ratings. I think people often forget that. Bryce driving it over that water in it in a wedge into a par five. They're just ratings, ratings, get an interview on that. Who can we get speaking about that? How many times will we rerun that? Let's just keep showing that. That's ratings, ratings, ratings. Some pro hitting three shots into a par five. It's making no headlines. It's not getting shown. It'll just, you, you start watching less golf. You start watching less golf because it's boring. Like, I just, right. yeah. It, 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 the entertainment value part is, is an interesting one. Yeah, there's nothing, to me, there's not a whole lot interesting about driver five iron wedge on a par five. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, know. If, I, or, if I want to see like, that, I'll go out and, and, and I'll just go play around a golf myself. Um, yeah absolutely you take your phone and film yourself or hitting like a a, a four iron off a tee and then a six iron into a par four like, like right. what we want to watch that do we i mean maybe yeah. some people do i know you do but that isn't going to sell the product around the world unfortunately so it's a possibly a bit of a selfish destruct want. but also i appreciate that people might want to watch that that's i get that um what does this say for the future then is this any kind of precedent for where the golf rules for pga tour is going because the bigger picture i think with this decision or not we could be just literally making a mountain out of a molehill is what does this mean is this the beginning of we knew there were a certain amount of reviews of the rules coming because the other ones talked about if i remember correctly was that the tolerance on ball was going to be looked at tighter meaning that the tolerance of production of golf balls will be tightened which in then turn means that there'll be you know, no one will be able to produce a ball that does go further than a certain other ball. I mean, obviously there's already restrictions in there. What does this mean? This was one of the first reviewed ideas that has come to pass in effect, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's still so much out there. It's They're still in, a, in a, and I'm probably going to mess up the language here, but they're still in a review period. 
Like yep, they put out, yep. they put out, um, you know, comments, series of ideas, right? They? And so they're waiting for comment from you know industry partners, so manufacturers and and um, yeah. other key stakeholders that will give feedback on their talking points or their, and I don't know the exact terminology, but they're, they're still reviewing and, and they're looking for feedback, but I think it's the, probably the first step and, and limits probably um, coming um, on equipment in some fashion, whether that be clubs and or ball. Um, I, I think that's the direction they they're pretty apparent the USGA, they're pretty apparent on what they want to do and the direction they want to go. So I think they're just marching to the beat of that drum, you know, even regardless of what their own data tells them they're marching to the beat of their own drum. And, and this is what they want to, what they want the game to be. And, and that's what they're going to try to make happen in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I, I don't see this as a step backwards. I see this more as a, a someone walking in front of me with a barrier and putting it down. So it doesn't make me step back. It just makes me not look forward in that direction because there was hardly anyone using 48 inch drivers. Yes, we've got Phil. So you could say that's a step backwards for him, which I would probably agree with, but in the lot, you know, for how many years Phil's got left of winning on the PJ tour in particular, it's a bet it's one player possibly, but it's still a player. Um, I don't see it as a step backwards. So as in, we ain't going to see tour averages go backwards. We are not going to see 314 yard drives turn into 290 yard drives. I, we ain't going to see know. 280 you, you think yard so? drives. I, I, think I don't think we will. No, I'm saying no. we won't. I'm saying I see this more as a barrier. So I see this more as a, Oh, look, they keep trying to go down that road. Let's cut that road off so they keep going down this road that we want. They're not stopping us and turning us around and sending us back. They're just going, can you stop doing this little shortcut and still keep going forwards? That's how I see it. Personally. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, this change is really not going to impact you know, anyone, there's very few players, it might impact the potential of somebody doing it in the future, but That's it really I mean, has no potential. immediate impact right now. But, but I won't be surprised if there are, um, if there is a tournament ball put in play that actually does reduce distance. Um, I won't be surprised if, if that happens. And that is not just a roadblock because we already have roadblocks in place. There's already regulations yeah. on equipment that limit um, their performance capabilities. And yeah. all of the gains that we're seeing recently, um, you know, really we've been kind of leveled out since Pro V1 came out. Um, and 100%. all of the gains we're seeing since then can mostly be attributed to um, under better, better launch conditions. So using things like GC quad and TrackMan to better understand and optimize launch conditions, uh, the athlete, um, un a better understanding of strategy and how important distance is. So we see these upticks, um, almost exclusively through those other mechanisms and, and not that they created a driver that goes 15 yards farther this year. And it's just, it's just not how it works. There's already regulations 100%. in play, but I, I won't be surprised if we do see at an elite level, a rollback of what we currently have right now. And, and more than likely, I think it would happen through, you know, either a tournament ball um, and or different equipment specs 
for elite players. But yeah, I'm just speculating. I'm not sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I personally think again, I see this as a as a barrier. It's bollards just cutting off a road that you potentially might choose to go down, but hardly anyone, if anyone, is going down it at the minute. I do think we will see tighter restrictions in the ball, but again, I don't see it. I don't think we'll see it go back in any way. I just don't think we'll see a golf ball that will go further than X yards ever again. Uh, my golf spy just did an interesting test robot testing with their ball. And you could see there were some differences in the balls in production. And I think what we might just see is a, a tightening across the board of those tolerances. So if someone is sneaking three extra yards out of a ball, through whatever system they're using in production, that will just be turned off. That won't be allowed to happen. That's I I won't I personally don't think we'll see a ball go back. But again, I'm happy to be very wrong on that. A tournament ball, I hear what you're saying, and I do that fit. That, I feel worried about that idea. But the idea of having a tournament ball for some tournaments, there's been talk of like a, you know, like the Augusta ball and things like that. That to me, well, I don't know. I, I just think it would be a crying shame to have such a massive divide amongst our peers to the people that play the game every day. And I know there's already divides there, so you can argue, yeah, but there's already divides. They get to do this and you don't, and they get to do that and you don't. I get that, but we all get to play the same ball. I buy the ball. You've got a few dashes for tight list and what have you on tour, and then you've got certain iterations of different balls on tour. I've seen them from many companies. Um, <laughs> but like, it's not a game. They're not, what people think is that they're gains, that they think, oh, look, the tour player's just got that gain. They're specific gains to players. And to be honest with you, often of the time, they're not even gains. I've stood there and watched them test them. They're not gains. They're called um, placebos. And they're also called, if amateurs think they like a little, you know, like a little freebie or a little like unique piece of uh, equipment, tall pros like that more than anybody else. A ball that nobody else uses. They they love all that. They lap it up. It, it's funny to watch when you stand on the tour, how, how selling to them is part of the company's everyday lives, selling their product to those players to then try and get that coverage. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot looked at when it comes to the different balls. I just think the tolerances will be tightened. So what um, would you say, what would you say to somebody like me if mm. I came to you and I said, Hey coach, I want to, I want to go to a 48 inch driver. What would you say yeah. for most amateurs? Let's try it. Let's That's try it. Yeah. I'd always say like, you've, well, you've seen so, my uh, swing though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I would try it, but I, I would, I could guess where it would go and I would yeah. give you an indication of what might happen. And that's why I've tested these things. That's why I test heads up putting. That's why I test trying to get faster. I do these things. So I've got some data on myself to try and relive these stories, the people, so they can live them quicker. They don't have to make the mistakes that I made. That's why when I do these things on my videos, people, I think, think I'm trying to get particularly better. Like I'm not trying to get worse, but I'm not really caring how I play so much within reason anymore. I'm doing it to try and, when someone asks me, should I get quicker? I can say, well, I did it and I got 10 mile an hour quicker and I had to do this, this, and this, like go and get professional advice on your fitness and what have you, but it's obtainable. If I can do it, you definitely can do it. 
Um, so if you wanted to try a 48-inch driver, obviously I would <laughs> make you aware that it'd be a great skill to perfect, but you might not be able to use it, subject to what your club does. Um, and also, I, I love testing. I, I want to, yeah. you know, I, I, mean, I get so many students who come to me and say, I want to do this compared to doing this. And I know this is a podcast and people think that I'm demoing what this is. They, they, they demo what this is, and I look at the two thises and think, well, they just look exactly the same to me. So why don't you hit a batch of shots with your two thises and we'll measure which one is better or worse and the potential out of each one. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a golf pro who needs to know. I'm a golf pro who needs to know how it might work with you. So let's test it out. Let's give it yeah, a go. I, I wonder how far I would hit it offline with a 48 inch driver. I might yes. set, I might set some <laughs> records, right? Cause I would gain a little bit of speed. <laughs> So our good buddy, uh, Dr. Sasha McKenzie, um, he has a really good video out there around um, how much speed, club head speed you'd pick up going yeah. to a 48 inch driver. And there's, you know, there's some theoretical numbers, but you don't, you won't achieve that in actuality. And I think the actual numbers were for every inch you add to your driver, um, I think it was 0.8 to 1.6 miles per hour of additional club head yeah. speed. So yeah. if we split the difference and call it 1.2, you could add 2.4 miles of club head speed if you went from a 46 to a 48 inch driver, which that's going to be a few yards. It's going to be what, probably seven yards ish. Somewhere in that yeah, range. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I've I've demoed it myself. With yeah, it absolutely, it does equate to around four, seven, six, eight yards, subject yeah. to your striking. And my, my experience of trying the longer driver and my quest to get longer, I you know, I tried everything. Is that on average, it's absolutely no longer because the amount of mishits that you hit, and I don't mean mishits like I nobble it. I just mean. You know, I swing it at 115 or 116. So I'm swinging it like two or three mile an hour faster, which is great. But I'm hitting it slightly high heel, high toe, wherever I'm striking it. And I'm just getting my distance just regresses back to the mean. It just regresses back to where my average is on a driver I can manage and get a more consistent strike. Obviously, you could practice more and perfect that skill, those kind of things. But it, and it's so player specific. The other thing I really noticed as well, which I think gets forgotten about in the longer driver ideas, which again is relates back to your skill element. We did it at a course called Saunton Golf Club here in Devon, one of the best links courses in the country. It's a fantastic links golf course. If it wasn't in Devon, I reckon it would have staged the open, but that's a political Par difference. I, pardon the interruption, but what, what kind of socks do you have to wear there? It's yeah. pretty fair at Saunton, to be fair. Uh, I right. don't know the exact sock rule, but I'm pretty sure you can wear <laughs> variations. It's, it's very important. Like I only want yeah. to place courses that have a sock rule. That's my <laughs> new rule. Is if you don't have a sock rule, I'm not going to play. Yeah. So we took a forty. Yeah, yeah, we took a forty-eight inch driver when we filmed there, and we played three holes, three players, a seven, a eight handicapper at the time. Me to me and another pro, Matt Lockie, who plays in the videos. We're teaching pros, so we're not exactly players, but you know, we can play to some kind of standard some of the time. And um, you put that club in your hand with a 20 mile an hour wind off the left or the right, with dunes and long grass staring you down, like it was so different to hitting it inside in my studio in my controlled area 20 30 shots in a row you know i'm hitting 12 drives on a golf course and i'm only got three attempts at this one for this game and it was like yeah this is 
not realistic. And in those wins, for me, like, as I put it behind my head, it was just like so, felt so out of any levels of control. Um, so I think, again, it just dials back. It's a shame that it's a skill that we won't ever see now used or perfected, but I guess they just want to cap how far people potentially can hit the golf ball, which I understand, but I also think it's quite sad at the same time, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, it is. Um, and I, I jotted down a note here while you were talking and, and I, I want to, I want to mention this so I don't forget. Um, so back to our good buddy, Dr. Sasha McKenzie, who was yeah. on a few episodes ago. Um, yeah, and we well, talked, yeah. and you mentioned this earlier in the episode, which is why I wrote the note down. Uh, you were testing heads up putting. Well, yeah. after Sasha was on, I put something out on Twitter that said, Hey, you know, if you're interested in trying out heads up, heads up putting, you know, reach out to me because I want you, you know, if you're somebody that tracks your stats currently, I want to have you try it. And Sasha and I talked a little bit about this offline. I want you to give me your numbers from your last 10 rounds on your putting, your strokes gain putting. And then I want you to go out and um, try, you know, practice heads up putting, you know, one or two practice sessions, play one round where you do heads up putting, and then start the clock again and play 10 rounds and keep your strokes gain putting for each round over the next 10 rounds using heads up. And I, and, you know, we want to compare the before and after and see how you did. Well, yeah. the data is starting to come in now from some players <laughs> and I am up to, uh, maybe 23 people that gave me their data. Um, cool. 22 or 23 people, a lot of people ended up reaching out uh, way more than I yeah. thought. Um, and we'll save this for another podcast. We should probably have Sasha back for that one. Yeah, definitely. But I am shocked at the numbers is all I'm going to yeah. say. I am well, absolutely he, he, shocked in that in that point then which is a really good point and we've said this a number of times but i would like to know the difference between let's pretend i perfect a 48 inch driver and i play on tour and it helps me gain with my tee shots from the prior year 0.8 of a shot or let's say 0.4 of a shot per round off the tee okay which would be a pretty good game would it not 0.4 of a shot per round off the tee is all yeah, you're, you're playing really well game. yeah you're a good driver yeah, of the golf ball a without game. a doubt and then i go to heads up putting and i gain on the greens 0.7 of a shot per round because i've gone from standard putting to heads up putting so yeah. from prior year to this year how how are we rating which game we want and not apart from the fact that the 48 inch driver is possibly carrying some bunker that people seem to be really precious about that they shouldn't carry because it's not in the nature of our holes should be played and so on. I, I don't, that's where I get really confused. If I can improve myself heads up putting or changing a putter grip more than I do with the 48 inch driver, should we not be looking at that as something that we should be limiting? If we're Maybe. doing the limiting game, or is it just the fact that I flew it over a tree that's been there 120 years and it's got some famous architect or golf pro's name on it and apparently you're not allowed to move on from the whoever you know the billy no mates tree or whatever we want to call it 
am I making any sense what I'm no, saying? Yeah. yeah, I'm being I'm being a little bit now. Nah, I'm being a little bit. Is it vindictive? Is that the right word? I'm playing real dead. I'm really turning the knife on that comment. Yeah, does that make sense? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, let's implement a rule that you are you have to be looking at the golf ball when you make your stroke. You can't be looking up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why not? Least that Let, let's do that you have to be you have to be looking down you cannot be looking towards the hole when you make your stroke at the ball we could implement that rule and i will tell you for the players that i've seen data back on this heads up putting test yeah um yeah. there's a lot of players that would not be happy about that rule um i think yeah. sasha converted a number of players and i'm i'm you know, i don't doubt any of sasha's work he's one of the if not the brightest mind in golf. Um, and uh, he did a lot of research around this and to, to actually see it come through um, is pretty fascinating how the yeah, difference yeah. that it's made for players. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's um, I think it's really interesting how people are judging what is important for their game or not, basically. And if you are gaining x amount with you know by improving a putting technique i just don't see how that's allowed compared to gaining x amount with you know a 40-year inch driver apart from the fact that if you go back to the if the answer of the earlier question of what are they protecting and if it is distance then surely they're only protecting distance to protect scores stroke the ability to keep the ball well, it's got to be only scores, isn't it? People go around the houses like it's other things. But it's got to only be scores, isn't it? That they're trying to protect by protecting distance, isn't well, it? I mean, what else it, are you trying to protect apart yeah. from we want certain people hitting certain clubs into greens? But that surely has got to relate to the resulting score, isn't it? Because otherwise that's just a fictional, that's just a random number because my 9-9 might present with X loft compared to other person's 9-9 that presents with a different loft. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine considering that they're implementing this as a, a model local rule really only intended for elite competitions. Um, I, it seems like they're they're doing this to limit distance to, you know, uh, alter how the course might play and then alter scoring. I mean, uh, I, it would be a good question for the USGA and RNA. I mean, that's just my my opinion on, yeah. on why they're doing it is to is to limit distance to uh, make sure the course doesn't change how it's played and to keep scoring quote unquote in check. That's I think what they, what they're doing and why they did this. And that's what I think is so interesting that we have to guess what, what, what is, what are they protecting? Like just what are they, it has to end in result into it because uh, the answer often is well, they're trying to protect distance. And I think, well, why? What, what does it matter? What does it matter if someone hits it a thousand yards? If it doesn't matter, does it? If if you're worried that someone's going to shoot too far under par and make courses in inverted commas look silly, well, courses only look silly if the scores are silly, doesn't it? Because if I hit a wedge into every par five, but I still shoot level par, opposed to 30 years ago or 20 years ago, whenever it was when Nicholas was playing, he used to shoot six under par and that was all right then. Uh, uh, it, it has to, as much as people dance around that question, it has to be about ending resulting score. Because as we know, as you get closer, the scores come down. Your your scores to finish the hole as you get closer come down. So it has to be score. Does it not? 
Um, yeah, people I mean, never I'm, answer this question. I put yeah. this question online and they know where it ends and people dance around it. They don't want to answer it because it's too much of a loaded bomb. No, no, it's about how the call should play. Well, you, oh, that's a, you don't care what they score, but you want them in certain shots into holes. Uh, what is that every player or can you have because there's 30 yards difference between the longest and the shortest on tour so you're not going to get all of them playing the same iron into a green and you don't know what dynamic loft they present you don't know what static loft they're going in with even if they've both got seven iron written on the bomb so uh, this is where i just and i just think it's a shame that a rule like this changes and i would like to know what what is what are we protecting if it's distance that doesn't mean anything on its own. Protecting distance on its own doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I wish I knew the reasons. I mean, I have no idea. Um, I, I think it's the game's different and we want it how it used to be. But, you know, any, any you know, most people, um, like when, when somebody says that to me, I, I ask them to pick a year. Well, what does that mean? You want it yeah, how it used to yeah. be? Pick a year. Well, what, what, well, I want it how it was in the 80s. Well, yeah. When, when we compare. was a bigger you, factor of gains. Yeah. But if we, if we go and compare 1920 to 1970, right? So not today, 2021 is, you know, 50 years, 51 years away from 1970, and 1920 is 50 years from 1970. So, you know, the, the equipment changes from 1920 to 1970 were bigger than the equipment changes from 1970 to 2020, right? So yeah. if we want it like it was in 1980, it was significantly different in 1980 than it was in 1920. And why is it okay that the game is significantly different? I thought the game was about traditions and how it used to be. And well, if that's the case, you should be making your own, sewing your own featheries together and, and sawing down well, trees in your yard to make your own hickory shafts. <laughs> Um, traditions though this is an untraditional rule this rule is untraditional it, it, yeah I, I i guess untraditional <laughs> i'm all about it tradition. Is, isn't it? I need... this is, if you're traditional this is an untraditional rule it is. because we have changed the tradition that tradition has been there for x amount I of years i wish like i knew that. exactly how many years and i'm i'm a traditionalist it's so me too. That that's why I won't play. That's why I only play clubs that have a sock rule from now on. <laughs> no sock rule. I, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. There you go. Well, that was a fun chat, Lou. I, it's an interesting one. At the end of the day, I don't think it really affects much in the long rounds of what we're seeing at the minute. I think it does limit potential. And what it does for me is it asks the bigger question of what is the agenda? What are we trying to protect? And if it is distance, that's cool. But what does that mean? Just saying it protects distance, if you think about it, doesn't mean anything as a standalone statement. It means absolutely nothing. Because that there's so many more questions that come after that one. Because people say that it's about distance and think that's the question answered. No, no, no. Now, where I had one question, now I have 50, if you say that. That doesn't answer my question. That just makes me have 50 more questions to try and work out what that actually means. But there you go. This is golf. We're meant to be asking questions, and we are meant to do what we're told. It's a game of doing what we're told, and I'm going to do what I'm told, and I'm going to change my driver to 47 inches because the tour I play on, on YouTube, on the Muppet Tour, as we call it, we do what we want. Nice. That's what I, I love, love it. about it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go to 48 inch driver and I'm going to see if I can hit one 130 <laughs> yards offline. 
bit more houses. Absolutely. There we go. Thanks, Lou, as always. Interesting discussion. It's an interesting rule change. Again, I think it is more the potential of what it means for the future rather than it really bothering us that much. Like, who's it going to really affect? And I understand why Phil's upset, but I also think he's got it slightly wrong because I, I do think it went to the effect, uh, uh, elected officials on his tour that are voting for those ideas maybe he just didn't chat to them but let me know what you think in the comments down below leave reviews as always if you enjoy the Hack It Out Golf Podcast Season 2 let us know and we'll see you in the next episode Five. <laughs>